Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to Eastern Geeks Out, an EP Media-associated podcast where I'll be discussing news and interesting topics in the gaming and entertainment world. My name is DeForest White, and I'll be your host for the duration of these episodes. We have a whole lot of topics to talk about in the past couple weeks. Um, I mean, there is more to discuss now than really there has been in any of the previous episodes, so we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, we'll start with the easiest and most lighthearted, uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land released, and it's adorable. Um, it has a fantastic soundtrack. The new King Dedede theme is amazing. I'm not going to talk too much about it because I haven't had the chance uh, to fully dive into it myself, and I would like to get a better understanding of the game as a whole before I make any final verdicts. However, I do highly recommend it. Kirby uh, translates extremely well to 3D gameplay, and I mean, Nintendo did that thing they do. It's good. It's a good game. You should you should play Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Uh, next up, um, PlayStation Plus is getting a new restructuring following PlayStation Now being discontinued. Uh, the benefits of PlayStation Now are now being implemented into a PlayStation Plus second tier. Uh, two of three, actually. So, if you're already a PlayStation Plus member, then nothing changes, right? So, you still have, like, your free games every month that you can add to your library that stay there forever, and you still have, like, your online play capability and all of the benefits that come along with a normal PlayStation Plus membership. Uh, Now, PlayStation Plus, this second tier adds in all of the benefits that you would have had if you were a PlayStation Plus member and a PlayStation Now member. So that's going to be like all of the additional games in their streaming library and uh, a whole bunch of uh, like uh, free game rentals that you would be able to play normally through PlayStation Now. Uh, There's also a third tier, uh, which I know a little less about, but from the sound of things, it adds like that PlayStation Now second tier gives you access to a library of, like, 600-something games, and this third tier gives you access to an additional 300 games on top of that. And just to be clear, this is a combination of PS4 and PS5 games, if not PS3. So there's there's a substantial amount here uh, 
the pricing, I don't believe, has been announced internationally yet. Uh, but if it is, then I'm sure it's available on the Sony site. Uh, after that, um, the fighting game roundtable had another episode. I believe this is the fourth one. Uh, there were a whole lot of announcements. Uh, I mean, Fighting AX Slayer was there. Arika uh, didn't announce a whole lot because I'm going to be completely honest, guys. I don't think they have a whole lot. Uh, but it's nice to have some representation there. Uh, if you haven't already bought Fighting EX Layer, you should buy them just to support Arika. These are the guys that made Street Fighter 2, which is uh, like the grandfather of all fighting games, uh, using the uh, characters from the uh, Street Fighter EX series. So if you're at all interested in that, I highly recommend it. You got Skullomania in there. You got Terry Bogard. It's a grand old time. Uh, you should look into it. Uh, speaking of Terry Bogard, SNK had a presentation at the Fighting Game Roundtable, uh, during which they had um, an unexpected King of Fighters 15 announcement. So we are coming off of the release of uh, Team Garo for uh, King of Fighters 15, including. Rock Howard, the uh, son of Geese Howard and adopted son of Terry Bogard. You got Bijane, the pirate, and you have Gato, uh, who is a um, moody. I'm gonna be honest, Gato's a, a wet blanket. I don't actually know what his deal is. He's like looking for his father, running away from his sister. I don't know. It sounds like the sort of backstory that like a 13 year old kid would have, but he's fully like 30 something. So. I'm not sure what his deal is. Uh, but, yeah, we were fully expecting the next DLC that we got for KOF 15 to be the previously announced Team Southtown, a team of Geese Howard, Billy Khan, and Ryuji Yamazaki. Uh, but in between those two, uh, surprise, surprise, we get Omega Rugal, uh, who is, if you're not familiar with the King of Fighters franchise, kind of the original uh, bullshit boss of the series so in the original um kof rugal bernstein was the final boss and he was ridiculously broken uh and sort of gave credence to the phrase snk boss syndrome and is the main reason why snk as a fighting game company has such a reputation for having these ridiculously hard bosses it's because of this one guy and omega rugal was uh, the version of him that came a year later, I believe in uh, 1994, with the release of KOF 9. I'm sorry, no, 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 1995, with the release of KOF 95. Uh, he came back in an even more broken, like cybernetically enhanced version of himself that absolutely broke the game and ate so many arcade quarters, uh, particularly in Latin America. But now that broken-ass character is going to be included in King of Fighters 15. Uh, this is his first time, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, this is his first time ever being translated to 3D in a mainline series game. I, I know he has some representation in uh, KOF All-Star, the mobile game, but this is his first time being included in like a legit KOF 3D game post-14. And 
Uh, he looks ridiculous. He has a new super incorporating, like, the cybernetic eye laser. Uh, he has Genocide Cutter, which is still an infamous anti-air, including an EX version that looks like it hits three times over and does a hard knockdown, which is ridiculous. Uh, and in addition to being all of these ridiculous things, he's free. This is a fully free character in a free update. Uh, to a fantastic fighting game, so, like, you don't gotta pay anything to get him, and there's more stuff added w alongside him. So, uh, sort of paying tribute to the SNK boss syndrome, uh, they've incorporated an all-new mode into the game uh, that's launching this April, where you can uh, go onto an all-new stage that I think previously some people had data mined and seen that there was another stage hidden, but we weren't sure when it was coming. Uh, it's here. Uh, this is it. This is what it's for. There's an all-new mode where you fight Rugal, but all of his frame data is uh, completely rewritten. Uh, his Genocide Cutter anti-air takes priority over every move in the game, including supers. And he has those ridiculous combos uh, that are going to deal, like, touch of deaths that he was famous for in his, like, 95 and 2002 UM versions. So, uh, that by itself is super cool. It's great that they're paying tribute to, like, the ridiculous overpowered bosses of the past. However, if you beat him, you also unlock uh, an all-new costume for him that you can play with, including online. Uh, a new rendition of the Omega Rugal theme, the arranged version, from uh, KOF 95. Uh, unfortunately, I don't believe it includes the uh, Black Panther excerpt that the original did uh, with the understand the concept of love. Hideki Naganuma is somewhere crying, I'm sure. Uh, but you unlock the costume, you unlock the theme, and you unlock the stage that you fight him on for use online, and that's all 100% free. Uh, standalone entry, he doesn't have a team that he's entering the tournament with, so I assume that you'll be able to play as him normally in like a three-person team in story mode, but I don't know for certain. You might also be forced to play individually as Regal in that. I don't know. It'd be cool if he had like his own unique ending, but I don't know what to expect there. Uh... That's all releasing on April 14th, and I'm super, I'm super hyped for it. I, I was never a huge fan of Rugal previously, but he looks so good, and he's so well animated here that I, I can't abide not playing him. Um, Fighting Game Roundtable also had entry from Arc System Works, who had a couple things announced, actually. First of all, uh, Testament was revealed as the next uh, DLC fighter in Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, for those who weren't familiar, Testament was the single gr best character in uh, Guilty Gear X, and they were a menace with on-screen traps. I believe they had full-screen teleports and absolutely ridiculous combos. Uh, I went into Accent Core a couple days ago, just to try out, like, their old broken version, because I had never played as them in bef before. And just, uh, like, messing around in the lab, I found some absolutely ridiculous stuff. Uh, they have some bizarre Roman cancel combos. It's, it's truly, it's a trip. 
Uh, however, their game plan has been changed a lot for Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, they're now more of a zoner than, than they were previously, uh, with more of an emphasis on uh, forward momentum and movement, as opposed to uh, the on-screen traps that they were before. Uh, they no longer have the capability of putting on invisible setups, so you don't need to worry about like hidden areas of the screen you can't touch anymore. Uh, like most of the characters in Strive, they have been simplified, so that's honestly kind of a relief to me. But they've also been reworked. They've got moves that they never did before. They've got moves that are like returning, but they work in different ways. They have this on-screen succubus system where after you fire out a projectile, you can teleport to where that projectile was as long as the succubus stays on there. He's got, like, a stain state that you can put the opponent in after some moves that uh, will make it to where after one of, like, five different attacks, it does uh, sort of like, if, if you're familiar with how Mega Man's bomb works in uh, in Smash Brothers, it works kind of like that. Uh, actually, prob probably closer to how Sephiroth's side B works in Smash Bros., where after you have the state on you, a period of time passes, and then you have to block uh, the little explosion that comes afterward. But it also automatically explodes after, like, a dust attack or, I think, some normals and your projectile. So there's a lot to work with here. It extends combos great. Uh, also, uh, just alongside the release of Testament, um, we get a couple interesting choices for uh, the voice acting. So, Testament is a non-binary character. That's been well-established. If I'm not mistaken, that's been the case since XX. Uh, but the voice actor for Testament in that game was, uh, I mean, it was, it was a guy. And now, in the English voiceover, Instead, they've actually hired uh, trans actress Kaylee McKee to do the voiceover uh, in a more masculine-presenting voice. And then in Japanese, the actress is Yuko uh, Kobayashi, who uh, some of you may know as the voice of Sasha from Attack on Titan or Lucina from Fire Emblem um, and Smash Bros. And this is really interesting to me because that means the testament, uh, I mean, non-binary across the board, but more uh, masculine presenting in the English release and more feminine presenting in uh, the Japanese release, which I would think was an interesting dichotomy anyway, but the fact that the masculine presenting voice is done by a trans voice actress just makes me incredibly happy. It's fantastic to see more non-binary representation, and uh, this is potentially the best way that they could have done this. Uh, so, you know what? Good on you, Arxis. Uh Also, alongside Testament, Guilty Gear gets crossplay from uh, PlayStation and Steam. I'm not sure when that's being implemented. However, as of recording this, Testament is fully released. I've played with them. They're super fun. Uh, am I going to give up maining uh, Giovanna? Absolutely not. But the option is there if you're someone who enjoys zoners or ridiculous normals. Guys, these normals reach really far. Uh, then pick, pick up Testament. That's a lot of fun. Final character of the first season. Second season announced. I think it's going to have four characters in it. Go for it. Have a grand old time. 
Uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax is now released on modern consoles. Uh, no longer stuck on the PS3. Woo! Uh, this is this is one that had like an interesting uh, cycle where the game was dormant for so long to where it was like this very minute and small niche audience that was still playing it. But with the release of uh, this version, which implements, like, balance changes that were previously only in, like, the arcade versions of the game, uh, all of a sudden we have this revitalization, and uh, rollback is coming later. I believe that's happening, like, early summer, so that's fun to look forward to as of right now. I haven't heard terrible things about the, the netcode, but I do think it's currently operating on delay-based netcode. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is around the same time period. I know Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle got rollback netcode a while ago, and I think uh, Central Fiction either already got or is about to get rollback netcode. So it seems as though Arxis is just gradually uh, converting all of their active uh, active fighting games to use rollback, which is great. It's wonderful that this is becoming the standard. You love to see it. Uh, also, a new uh, DNF Duel open beta is happening this weekend. Um, for those of you who missed out on the first one, uh, DNF Duel is an adaptation of the online side-scrolling beat-em-up MMORPG, because that's a thing that exists, uh, Dungeon Fighter Online. And it is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it is one of the flashiest games that I've ever seen in my life. And I wasn't entirely sure how they were going to translate it to a fighting game. And the answer was, give it to Arxis. Because when, they, when you hand Arxis a game and you say, it's anime, they're like, cool, we'll make it pretty. Uh, and they have. It's 3D animated in the same style as like Guilty Gear Exard, closer to Exard than Strive. Uh, and the animation is smooth, it's crisp, all of the characters fulfill, like, very unique roles, so you're not really dealing with, like, traditional archetypes, there's not really, like, a Shoto character, there's not really, like, traditional zoners, everyone has very unique uh, gameplay, and they actually released patch notes for this open beta prior to uh, the beta happening, because, if I'm not mistaken, that's, like, this weekend, like, the day after I'm recording this, the beta's going up. Um... Uh, so, they've actually buffed everyone. There's not a character in this game that they have not buffed in some capacity. And that is a very interesting approach to take uh, in a game that's as insane as this one. Because that approach to balancing makes it to where if something is broken... Uh, Instead of adjusting that thing to no longer be overpowered, you're instead adjusting all of the other characters to be also overpowered in different ways. Now, ideally, this gives characters ways to maneuver around uh, the broken uh, aspect of a character in new and interesting ways. In actuality, I don't know how well that's going to be implemented, but... Worst case scenario, it doesn't, and it's an open beta, and uh, Arxis sees, like, okay, that didn't work, and uh, they lower everything down a bit. Um, I, I believe movement speed, like, forward movement has been buffed across the board. So 
the game is going to be like more of an aggressive play style than it was in the previous beta. Um, I'm excited to see where they go with this. I, I mean, I'm obviously a big fan of Arxis games, but this one in particular is like the flashiest one in their upcoming lineup right now, and I, I look forward to see where they go with it. I'm a bit hesitant as to like the character roster. I have absolutely no idea what character I would want to main from the start because everyone, like I said, they don't take on traditional fighting game archetypes, so you don't have like uh, your big Zangief-esque grappler. You don't have your Ryu-esque Shoto character. Uh, you do have characters literally named Brawler and Grappler whose game plans are, guess what, to brawl ya and to grapple ya. Uh, it's weird that they don't use, like, the traditional, uh, like, how we would think of brawler characters and grappler characters as playing, uh, but I'm not at all against the approach. It's just going to take some time to get used to. Now, uh, moving away from Arc System Works and the Fighting Game Roundtable, uh, Phantom Breaker Omnia has now released. Uh, I'm including this one mostly for meme purposes. Uh, this is a game where the trailer kind of broke the internet a couple months ago because it is an anime-based game where they made a trailer and they asked their announcer, like, voiceover guy for the trailer to just go off. And the result was this, like, mid-2000s trading card game commercial voiceover guy. Like, the man sounds like he really wants you to buy all of the Naruto card game characters. And if you don't buy them now, he's going to kill you. Uh, it's truly bizarre. I don't know why that was the decision that they made with, but it worked, I guess. They got press for it. I'm talking about it. Uh, Maximilian Dude made, like, his own voiceover rendition of it on stream at one point. It kind of broke the FGC. I guarantee you people would not care nearly as much about this game if it weren't for that trailer. So, good on ya. Uh, that's not at all why I'm here. I'm here because... For some reason, Makese Kurisu from Steins Gate is playable in the game, who is notably neither a fighting game character nor someone who fights in the anime that she's from. So I have absolutely no idea what she's doing here. She has nothing in terms of special abilities or fighting experience. So what she do, I don't know. I'm going to have to pick up the game solely for that reason. I have to know what's going on. Uh, outside of that, uh, we have just, like, a few smaller announcements before we get to the super obvious big ones. So, I'm gonna cover those real quick. Uh, One Piece Odyssey announced for Xbox, PS4, and PS5 alongside the 25th anniversary of the One Piece franchise. Um, this is huge. Uh, this is not in, like, the, oh, this game is gonna break records uh, sort of way. I mean, like, One Piece has never seen, like, a game that looks like this. Uh, it's very much an open world, but still looks like maybe turn-based RPG uh, set in a story that's written and designed with Ichiro Oda, the original mangaka behind the series. So, fantastic. Looking forward to that. Uh, looks like the entirety of the Straw Hat crew is playable alongside uh, some of the other characters 
that uh, you might know from the train. I think I saw Rayleigh Silvers in there. I don't know why he would be there, but I think I saw him in the trailer. Um, and it looks ridiculous. It's very pretty. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It was only announced like a day ago, so I don't have too much information on it. But it looks fun. I'm excited. I, I'm a big One Piece fan, so cool. I hope it's better than Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Uh, in other news, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins released. Uh, I hear there's some chaos involved. I think the goal of the game is to kill chaos. Uh, you play as a guy named Jack, uh, who might be chaos, who really wants to kill chaos. Um, if you recall, this was a game that was announced, I believe, at a uh, PlayStation State of Play game about a year ago. Uh, in which they informed players that they would have the opportunity to kill Chaos and that the goal of the game, ultimately, was to find Chaos and kill Chaos. Uh, in a word, I think that the game could be described as chaotic. Um, there's there's not a whole lot that I know in terms of like character writing, uh, but it does seem as though Chaos is fairly well represented, and you love to see that in Chaos-related games. Uh, I do know that the game is a prequel, so a prequel to what? I don't know. Final Fantasy doesn't have a real clear timeline, uh, but whenever Chaos is there, it's probably before that because I think Chaos is more established in this game than previous games. So if you kill Chaos within Chaos, uh, then the Chaos in the previous games becomes more chaotic, and then you as Chaos have the opportunity to go and kill Chaos, which is cool because you might actually be like doing some weird, like, uh, like, self-fulfilling chaotic prophecy kind of thing, you know, with the killing chaos, chaos, chaos kills you, you kill chaos, 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 chaos. Um, Sonic 2, that's gonna happen. Uh, I refer to the movie, not the game. That already happened. Go buy a Sega Genesis, you plebeian. Uh, or, you know, emulate it like truly everyone else. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie... Um, is getting a sequel. That's happening in like a week. I'm gonna go see that shit opening night. Uh, because I'm me. I I can offer no explanation for this. I Tails is in it. Idris Elba is Knuckles. You all knew this already. You're not. You're not getting your Sonic Two news from me. I would just be remiss not to mention it. And then finally, uh, we have two. Great big glaring uh, news things. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I missed one actually. Uh, Halo, Halo is currently airing on Paramount Plus, the live action Halo series. Episode one released on March 24th, and if I'm not mistaken, we get another episode either today or tomorrow. I haven't seen it. I can't offer my thoughts on it. I'm not a Halo fan, so. My experience with the series is basically limited into what I've been forced to play by my best friend, Nick. Um, I I hear Cortana's less blue now, so if you are into blue ladies, uh, tough luck. If you weren't into blue ladies, good news. Um... I don't have really any insight into that. I just had to mention it. Same with Sonic 2. Uh, okay, so now we're getting into the big sh Um Breath of the Wild 2. Or rather, the sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. 
AG Alnuma came out with the video on Wednesday, and I'm sure we're all familiar with this, uh, but the black backdrop, and AG Alnuma stands there and says, Hey guys, so listen. Now, that game that y'all been real excited for, that we've been working on for like a good while, we were gonna release it this year, but like, we're not gonna. Uh, it's not ready. We want to get it polished. We want to get it to the point where we consider it worthy of release to where it's the best game it can be. So we're pushing it back to spring 2023. We still don't have a name for it, but uh, I'm actually 100% okay with this. I am one of those people who is perfectly okay with game delays as long as it means that the end result is a better game than it would have been if it was released earlier. So, while I'm a bit bummed out that it's going to take me longer to play Breath of the Wild 2, or whatever it's called, I'm... Okay, the fan theory here. There's this big emphasis on verticality. Everything's taking place in the sky. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wind. All right, anyway. Um... That's happening in spring 2023. Uh, this is a very familiar situation to anyone who's been following Metroid Prime 4 because that's gotten delayed how many times? Is that a real game? That might not be a real game. Uh, I, I jest. It's a real game. It better be a real game. Retro, guys, I... Please, <laughs> tell us something. Uh, Metroid Dread was good. I liked that one. Please, please give us Prime Four, sometime some Prime Four news maybe, something. Guys, Bayonetta three beat you. Bayonetta three wasn't real. That, that wasn't. We didn't expect Bayonetta three to ever come out. But, but y'all, y'all got beat by Bayonetta three. We got a whole trailer. We got a new character design. Prime Four. We had a logo like five, six years ago. Now I. Gosh, it's been so long. Oh, gosh. So, right on the heels of the Breath of the Wild sequel delay, not even a single day later, E3 2022 was canceled. I... This sucks, man. So, obviously E3's had, like, a pretty rough uh, past couple of years, and... There's varying reasons for that, but the obvious one is COVID, right? Uh, E3 2020 was canceled because of COVID, and E3 uh, 2021 was uh, relegated to a virtual online event. And while that's not as cool as having like a huge in-person convention, I will say as someone who has always enjoyed E3 presentations as online events anyway, where I was just watching the presentations be streamed, you know, watching PlayStation, Microsoft, and Nintendo usually, uh, sometimes you'll get, like, Devolver Digital in there, uh, and always invariably bookended at the beginning of the conference, technically before E3 starts, by E3 talking about whatever sports game they have, and it's like, hey guys, did you know that golf... Because golf 2022, uh, they've done that 
forever. I, I think that was actually in the Bible somewhere. Um, but 2022, not only is there not an in-person conference happening because of COVID concerns, which we already knew. Like, they announced that a good while ago. But as of March 31st, also there will be no digital E3 showcase for 2022. They are, uh, I'll, I'll actually just read out the quote, they are devoting all their energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. Whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together in an all-new format and interactive experience. And while that's fine, I'm just bummed out. I, E3's had a rough go of it. PlayStation has fully left the conference. They're doing their own presentations now with State of Plays, which... We just got, like, a couple weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, I talked about that last episode and went through the game lineup for that. So it wouldn't make a ton of sense for PlayStation to have that great big presentation and then show up at E3 anyway, which has kind of been their mentality these past few years because they're trying to do what Nintendo does and uh, copy, like, the Nintendo Direct format so that people turn into these every few months. Uh, Nintendo... I mean, they do the Nintendo Direct. Those have always been a staple of E3, uh, basically since Nintendo Directs have been a thing. And, um, I mean, now that uh, Breath of the Wild sequel is out, I have to wonder if that had anything to do with the E3 cancellation. Like, if that was going to be a significant time sink and, like, somewhere where E3 was getting, like, a lot of money and a lot of people views... Uh, like, viewership for the event, then, I, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's just a sucky time frame. I don't love where things are going. Uh, the idea that it's, like, bringing the community, media, and industry back together in an all-new format and interactive experience sounds to me like they're going to experiment with some, like, VR integration. And... While that has the potential to be cool, I guess, it's not what people look to E3 for, uh, and I don't think there's really that big of a market of people who are willing to put on their headsets to go attend E3. So, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there could have been ways around this, but we don't know the reasoning fully behind it. It's just there was no COVID. Um, there was uh, no in per in person conference because of COVID. Now there's no digital conference because of reasons. So while that's not a fantastic note to end on, it is sadly the end of our news for today. Uh, if you have anything that you'd like us to talk about, you can reach out to me at uh, deforest underscore white 124 at mymail.eku.edu. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach out to me or our broadcasting director, Ryan Gum, at ryan underscore gum1 at mymail.eku.edu. You can also find other uh, EP Media Network uh, releases at www.easternprogress.com, our website, or uh, you can follow us on social media at The Eastern Progress on Facebook, 
or at Eastern Progress on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can also find this podcast as well as all of our others on Spreaker. I uh, don't have really any, any particular notes to end on here, so this is DeForest White signing off for the week. I hope you all have a fantastic night, a fantastic tomorrow, and a fantastic rest of your week.